0: This episode is sponsored by Privacy. It's like a burner phone for credit cards. To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, go to Privacy.com slash GOG. That's $5 free to spend anywhere by just signing up at Privacy.com slash GOG.
1: Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason Filippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame.
0: Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason Filippo And I'm Brian Schulmeister. I had a thought this morning, Jason. We're recording Uh-oh. Friday morning, and uh, as yes. per your new plan, this will be coming out this evening. But uh, that's not, this has nothing to do with that. Friday morning is uh, traditionally when marketers tend to send a lot of dumps. I wake up every Friday right before we start to record, and I've got emails from everyone. Every mailing list that I've never signed up for. And some that I have, uh, particularly even from our sponsors, from the people that have uh, that have paid us money to advertise on our program that uh, put us on their mailing lists. which I'm not even sure if that's legal because technically we didn't opt into anything. But I, I just get all this stuff. And and some of these things I, I would like to keep. Um, I, I, I'm happy with them, but not the frequency. So I was thinking, and why don't more marketers do this? This is the, There should be an option to sign up for like, I'd like a reminder that you exist. Eh twice a year. Every 6 months send me an email. <laughs> yeah. I don't want one every week. That's way too frequent and it annoys me. But why don't they have like sign up and we'll send you an email once a year around Christmas or once a month or whatever frequency you would prefer. Wouldn't that make sense? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't I be on more mailing lists if they had that? You assume marketers actually care. Yeah, they I know. Wanna, it's, they want to hit you spam, over the head spam, of- spam spam. Yeah. Remind you as much as possible. But that's what makes me unsubscribe from things.
1: Yeah, it does. I, yeah. I, I had to typically have a Friday morning unsubscribe. I've gone through, I think mm-hmm. I unsubscribed from four newsletters this morning alone. Yeah.
0: yeah. So if there were an option for less frequency, I would probably be reminded about a lot of products that I've completely forgotten about because I've completely unsubscribed from them because they annoyed me. Just, just a thought. Just
1: saying, people. Just, just saying. saying. Yes. And this one is actually going to come out on Saturday night or Sunday morning because we, we published the last show so recently. It has to bake in for a little bit. But next week, we'll be right on schedule. Tuesday,
0: Tuesday night, Friday night. That's Good to know that, because go. now I have to write some more socials for the old episode. Well, you don't. <laughs> That's <laughs> you true. Actually, they don't really actually, seem to do a damn
1: thing. <laughs> yeah, speaking of marketing, that yeah, yeah, you, you can pass.
0: Take the weekend. All, all right. right. I'll take the weekend off. It is my birthday weekend.
1: There you go. There's the spirit. Mm-hmm. So, and happy birthday. Bri, you. Bri, you already got mm. your present, so I did. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I spent the morning tearing apart my studio, my uh, office in the house, my bedroom, my car, mm-hmm. every bag I've ever had, because a long time ago I said, I'm going to gather up all of these SD cards, these micro SD cards, these thumb drives, and I'm going to put them in one place. So when I need one, I can go get one. And as or soon as when I you need
0: one, you can forget where it is. That's exactly
1: it. <laughs> I have completely forgotten where I have put anything. So Nice. I uh, the I needed a micro SD card this morning and I'm like, finally I just gave up and I'm like, aha, I have a plan. I am going to go pillage my Android phone because I know I put a really big one in the Android phone. Well, <laughs> seems uh, past me had that same idea because I cracked <laughs> open the Android phone and it was gone. Whoops. I don't know where these things go because it's like I, I found 10 of the uh, the adapters, the micro SD adapters, right. which means that somewhere in this house, I should have 10 micro SD cards somewhere installed somewhere. <laughs> the only one that I know that I have is in my, my DJI Mavic 2, but I've got footage on there that I haven't offloaded yet. So I'm not going to steal that one and reformat it. So I'm just at a loss. I have no idea where these things went. It's just, it's crazy. So I think they need to sell these things in blister packs and I'm just going
0: to go buy like 20 <laughs> of them. Right. Because they're
1: so damn small. They're easy to lose.
0: That's true. I have a bunch sitting in a drawer somewhere. I don't even know if there's anything on them.
1: Yeah. Or, or <laughs> even where the drawer is anymore. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, man. So a little bit of follow up here because I, I put this in just because I had to. Yes. Amazon leads $570 million investment round in
0: Deliveroo. <laughs>
1: So This deal takes Deliveroo to just over $1.5 billion raised to date. Wow.
0: That's insane.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, on the okay. plus side, it will uh, keep the meme going for us for quite some time until they fucking go will. out of business. Yeah.
1: Well, they seem to be doing pretty well. They claim to work with eighty thousand restaurants, with a fleet of sixty thousand delivery people, and twenty five hundred permanent employees.
0: So they do at least have a like a, you know a decent sized real staff. They do. They do. I mean, percentage wise, not fantastic, but uh, that's that's a lot of people gainfully employed with health insurance and benefits and all the other sorts of things that one should be getting. So well done there.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they gave any of this money to Benedict Cumberbatch for breaking up that one fight from the Deliveroo (laughs) driver, which started this whole thing. That's true. Yeah, so there you go. Deliveroo with Amazon in tow. Mm -hmm. In the news.
0: Recode had a in-depth or Vox or whatever we're saying it is these days. had a pretty in-depth article that uh, basically talks about something we've been talking about a long time. The title of the article is people say they care about privacy, but they continue to buy devices that can spy on them. And then experts explain why people are giving mixed signals about smart tech. Uh, Nothing we haven't said here before. Um, I just found that it really is an interesting article. And uh, the main takeaway from this is the real reason, uh, at least the biggest reason why people continue to buy these sorts of things is there's no fucking manuals anymore. Literally, they buy the device because there's no manual. No, no, no. They're, they're buying the devices because there is no manual that's telling them all the evil shit that they're doing. <laughs> OK, <Got laughs> there it. is no like we don't know. People don't understand the extent that data smart devices, uh, how much they're how much data they're collecting. They don't understand what's being done with the data. They don't understand that it's being resold because none of this is made known. It's not in, in, in fact they go. These companies are going out of their way to obfuscate it. <laughs> I just like to never say that word, right? Uh, the, the, we don't know. Nobody understands. Nobody really knows. Nobody knows what's happening with all this stuff. So people just buy it and go, eh, what's, you know, I, I'm sure something not good is going on, but I don't know what <laughs> not good is going on. And uh, because of that, we're we're in the dark about it, quite literally. And uh, if people actually knew what was going on, maybe they would be making smarter choices and not leaping in. Maybe there would be a market for these device, devices that had some privacy built in.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, nobody reads the Terms of Service or the EULA, and
0: mm-hmm. it, in the EULA, it just tells you,
1: you know, all your data belong to us.
0: Yes, and everybody that we decide to sell it to. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So it was just a good article. I liked it. A, everybody should read it, not that it'll stop anybody from doing anything. Um, yeah, I mean,'m I'm, look, I'm looking around the room right now, and I'm like, okay,
1: uh, yeah, I've got so many devices in here. I know you
0: and you cloud. and I are so insanely aware of exactly what's happening with all these devices, <laughs> and yet we're cluttered our lives with them because we're
1: idiots.: We still do it. I do keep my Alexa on hmm. with the manual mute switch now. I don't know Mm. if it does anything. It just makes a red light turn on. I don't know if it actually turns (laughs) off the microphone.
0: Yeah, I don't know uh, either. Yeah, Because, you know, no manual. Now, we talked uh, the other episode about, uh, or maybe two episodes ago, about the in-depth study that was done by Pew. Pew, pew. my version of Deliveroo about how (laughs) Twitter does not in any way, shape, or form accurately reflect our society at all. It's, uh, you know, and it talked about uh, the demographics involved and it talked about how it's a very small group of people that are actually actively using it. And it can, tends to lean towards certain demographics and blah, 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 blah. So given that we know that Twitter is not in any way, shape or form an accurate reflection of American society, much less the world. Isn't it comforting that this story came out that positive feedback from Twitter is reportedly all our president needs to push policies? Okay. <laughs> Yes. So so just describe to me what this is going on here. What what do you mean by this? President Donald Trump, social media for him is more than just a means of communication. It is how he guides his policy decisions. That's the main takeaway uh, from an article done on Politico, which did a profile of Dan Scavino, Trump's longstanding social media guru and newly promoted senior advisor for digital strategy. Trump is interested in the data, but only his version of Trumpian data, which means it's a little bit of cotton candy and it's not grounded in reality. Trump biographer Timothy O'Brien told Politico. Now, this guy Scavino uses data points to reassure the president that he and his policy choices are beloved Politico reports. He's always by Trump's side, answering questions about how Trump's tweets are doing or providing (laughs) feedback based on what he's heard on social media. And in some cases, using that feedback to guide policy discussions in one eye catching anecdote uh lawmakers were trying to convince the president not to follow through on his plan to withdraw us troops from syria trump reportedly responded by calling in the man who oversees his twitter account you can't make that shit up <laughs> you can't make that shit up <laughs>
1: oh man we need to just start a bot farm that just replies to trump's tweets so we can so we can shift policy in the united states uh, well, I- you're not kidding.
0: Like <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. Why not? I mean, that's really why. why shouldn't we clearly. be doing this? This is apparently the only way to influence decisions anymore with this guy. I, I can't. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Twitter!
1: Uh, another thanks, Jack. Another cock punch for Jack in the in the <laughs> in the bank. God, man. Mm. Well, we talked about Wing starting their deliveries mm. down in Australia a while ago. Well, they're moving they're moving into Europe now. This okay. is going to be interesting. They are going to be in Finland and they are going to be doing deliveries in Helsinki. And they're All starting right. next month, trial deliveries to okay. uh, the residents in the Volsari district. And it's <laughs> wing notes. That's the capital's most populous area. Yeah. Let's think about this for a minute. I, I can see why they might want to do <clears> this <throat> to stress test, the viability of delivering in, you know, crowded areas. But Mm-hmm. i am i am
0: dying to see how this turns out i am dying to see how this Me too. Turns out. i can't wait i i i want to hear i want to hear the sound in the neighborhood i want somebody just to hold up their phone and record it i want to hear it exactly that's really yep. what i'm looking forward to on this one
1: so yep. we'll see we'll see how this thing plays out but it is fairly interesting
0: right now speaking of uh Twitter bots and influencing our would-be president. I would like all of our listeners to uh get on to the Twitter bot and uh send him this article. Another one over from Recode, The Smarter Wall: How Drone Sensors and AI Are Patrolling the Border. This has got really interesting talking about the drones and and all that sort of stuff and how about instead of building and spending all this insane amount of money on a physical wall, why don't we use technology, less costly, less disruptive and less politically converse- controversial, a smart wall. Drones, sensors, machine learning, walking over the whole border, just taking a look, catching things going on. Let's do that. Everybody tweet this to him. Now, yeah. <laughs> there are some problems. With I was going to say,
1: uh, uh, you're burying the lead on this
0: one. <laughs> well, I, I don't necessarily think I agree with their lead. They're saying the vision is laid out by its uh, political supporters to build an ocean to ocean technological barrier made up of a patchwork of tools. Uh, and uh, there are some concerns now lobbying. Uh, people are talking about serious ethical and human rights objections to building this virtual wall. Some researchers suggested the last major effort to increase technology at the border may have contributed to an increase in the number of deaths by migrants crossing the border because they were forced into taking more treacherous routes to avoid detection. There
1: you okay. go. There, there, There is the law of unintended consequences. Will at play. they <laughs> not
0: also have to be doing the same thing if you build a physical wall? what's the difference they will still be forced into taking more treacherous routes if you build a physical wall not if you make an immigrant trebuchet (laughs) and
1: just launch people over the wall (laughs) with little mini parachutes and wingsuits and that's it we just all that they're going to do in mexico now is just make big old trebuchets and
0: (laughs) fling people over the wall Okay, and then the article goes on, and then there are the privacy concerns. Major civil liberty and digital privacy groups like the American Civil Liberties Union, the EFF, and Fight for the Future have argued that a hypothetical virtual wall integrating technology like facial recognition and drones could propel a state of perpetual surveillance that would infringe on the human rights of immigrants and U.S. citizens alike. Okay. Sure, if it moved beyond the area it's supposed to be looking at, which it's not going to. It is going to stay on one area. That's it. The border. Where you have to basically provide ID, anyways, and there are now facial recognition things going on if you're trying to get on a plane or cross a border or anything. How is this any different?
1: <laughs> okay, okay.
0: Am I wrong? Am I crazy? In and just like kind of going, well, these points don't really make any sense to me because that's what's going to happen anyways. Yeah, I guess you. I guess you have a point. I, okay. I guess you have All a right. point. Just me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, or let's let's just have, let's just do, let's, let's be like Europe and have open borders everywhere. Oh, wait, that's going away. Thanks, Brexit. Well, just for
1: them. (laughs) Just for them.
0: Yeah. No, I wouldn't mind that. I would fully, I would fully support open borders. But uh, all right, let's move to non-controversial topics (laughs) and just stupid stuff. I
1: I can, I can smell the unsubscribes from here. Yes.
0: LA's latest Instagram installation is a pre-dystopian taco extravaganza. (laughs) I particularly like the sub headline. Is it an adult playground or hellscape? You decide. I'm going with hellscape. <laughs> I'm going with hellscape, too. Now, I, I get why these things are popular, particularly for the younger generation trying to get their awesome photos and things like that. So we've had the Museum of Ice Cream here and then we've had the Disgusting Food Museum. We've had it all here. But uh, the new one opening up just down the street from me, thank God. Tacotopia. I, I think we have to go to Tacotopia. I think we do, too. This heavily branded corporate event is being put on by Cholula Hot Sauce, which is my personal favorite of the large brand hot sauces. Oh, come on. Month. Top Tio for the win. I love Cholula. Yeah. So it's going to be in an empty storefront space right on the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica. So thank God something is happening with these empty brick and mortar spots, I suppose. Uh, the West Coast uh, version of this will promise a ton of questionable options to photograph from a human-sized bowl of guacamole. Under a guac is extra, and so am I sign, naturally a taco teeter-totter there's a lime wedge swing beneath a sign reading senorita needs a margarita i i, I have to libre ring. I,
1: I i laughed <laughs> my ass off when i read that senorita <laughs> needs a margarita i am i am so gonna use that next time i take a friend to a mexican restaurant <laughs>
0: nice yeah each installation obviously will have a highly visible gigantic cholula bottle along the way which is no surprise since they're basically doing this as a gigantic ad for them so that's cool but there is a cost to get in even though it's just a giant ad for i know 30 bucks per person with reservations required ahead of time but at least you get a drink and a taco from uh the azul taqueria have you eaten there are they decent I have not eaten there. I don't know that place. Okay. So well, they, you
1: do get a Joritos well, drink, which I don't know if you've ever tried those. They're, I, I think they're foul.
0: <laughs> it's like. Yeah, they're pretty it's gross. like a low
1: rent like Fanta. Fanta.
0: So uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash GOG. If we can get 60 bucks <laughs> <laughs> next month before this opens, we will go and we will take some photos. We'll scoot over there on our the, birds. And because <laughs> this senorita needs a margarita. Yeah, that's right. I'll tell you that. And if that didn't get uh, enough of your taco (laughs) fix in, boy, do I have some more news. (laughs) Palm Springs uh, is the kind of desert area just outside of L.A. here. It's mostly known for uh, the gays and the grays and uh, for Coachella. because That's where you'll end up staying. Uh, Well, there's a new hotel opening. The Taco Bell Hotel. Yeah. Called The The Bell. Mm hmm. Hot sauce packet floaties, taco twisted cocktails, and spicy snacks are just a few of the teasers that the company is unveiling. Yes, the very own Taco Bell Hotel and resort in Palm Springs will give fans of Taco Bell an unexpected and an unforgettable trip of a lifetime and promises in an immersive way to celebrate the best of the brand. I hope that they have upped the the budget for toilet now paper you in beat this me particular to it, you hotel
1: because <laughs> you're going to make many runs for the border you yes you will oh i love this the bell stands to be the biggest expression of the taco bell lifestyle to date the, the, wait the, there's a taco bell lifestyle i don't think anybody <laughs> ever said that yeah ever. i think it's
0: broken stone <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god
0: if you too like shitty tacos this is the hotel for you oh my if you like <laughs> shitting and shitty tacos
1: <laughs> wow. Well, oh, this is uh, I
0: will uh I will never stay there, but I guarantee you next time I go to Palm Springs, I will walk through this place and go get a drink at the if bar. If it's still there, for sure. I <laughs> if it's still there.
1: Uh, bring a the, bring nose plugs.
0: This episode is sponsored by privacy.com. Privacy is the first payments product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a regular credit card online. Privacy lets you generate a brand new Visa card number for every purchase you make online with one click with their browser extension or mobile app. We all buy stuff online more and more. I mean, come on. They're turning retail store spaces into taco emporiums. And privacy (laughs) gives you a temp credit card number for every site you buy from. Never forget to cancel subscriptions or trials ever again. That alone is worth the price of admission. And oh, yeah, the price of admission is free. Privacy is 100% free to use. Like credit cards, they make their money from the interchange paid by merchants. Unlike credit cards, they don't sell your data or charge interest and annual fees. Look, I use privacy.com. It is the best thing in the world. We sign up for stuff all the time, different trials for different software and different packages that we use. I use it every single time. So I don't even have to remember to cancel after the short trials end. I don't get charged. You don't use the same password everywhere. Why use the same credit card? Sign up takes less than two minutes and it's completely free. They've already saved their customers over $115 million in unwanted and unauthorized charges. You can freeze cards and set spending limits. Cards locked to merchants, making them useless to thieves and hackers. You can delete cards anytime and kiss forgotten subscriptions goodbye. To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, just go to privacy.com slash GOG. That's $5 free to spend anywhere by just signing up. Privacy.com slash GOG. This is a no brainer, people. Get on it. Privacy.com slash GOG.
2: Security?
1: Ha! We're back this week with Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire podcast. The Cyberwire is a free community driven cybersecurity news service based in Maryland. Dave is also the co-host of the Hacking Humans podcast along with Joe Kerrigan where they take on social engineering. Dave, you're back this week. How was your trip to back.
2: Florida? Uh, it was great, thanks. I, I missed uh, talking to you guys last week, but we had a great time at K KBeforeCon in Florida, which is uh, No Before's big conference. They're our big sponsor over there at Hacking Humans. So uh, we had a good time, good crowd, a few hundred people in the audience. The big uh, exciting news for us was um, we got renewed for a second season, so... There will Yay. be another year. Yeah, yeah, there'll be another year of hacking humans, so that's nice. And How many uh,
1: episodes do you guys do per season? 50. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's well, a year. Well, let's 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 talk about how the definition of a
0: season.
2: <laughs> well, another year, another season, whatever. I mean, a yes. year, another We got there renewed go. for another year. Yes. They, so we're happy about that. Um, it was also a lot of fun. Lots of people came up and said hello and uh, you know, that's always fun. Very Excellent. cool. Very cool. I listened to
1: your live show. I was very jealous. You had more people than we did at our live show. Oh, before. is that right? It's,
2: <laughs> it's not a contest, even though we won. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fine.
0: Sure. To be fair to us, it was uh, a, <laughs> they didn't have any lights on the building and nobody could find where we were, so. That oh, my. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there was, there, yeah. Was, there was that issue, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, man. No, but I'm very glad for you because I
1: really like yes. that show. So it's Thanks. very fun. So everybody should listen to it because uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 a good stuff. It's, it is the good stuff. And I you got to meet that. Mr. Kevin Mitnick and hang out I with did.
2: him. I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Was was, was he cool or was he a dick? He was cool. Uh, actually, he was very nice. I, I was um, I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect because I think like a lot of people online, his online persona doesn't necessarily align with his in-person persona. And when I got to meet him in person, he was nice. He was charming, um, a good storyteller. And uh, so that was a really you know pleasant surprise. Yeah, I hope he's a good storyteller. He's a master social engineer, so. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, the whole thing could have been a big put on, but. Uh, yep. <laughs> but, There's uh, always that no, angle. The, the presentations that he did were uh, interesting and compelling and uh, really good speaker. So uh, I enjoyed getting to meet him. Excellent, excellent. excellent. Did you get one of his cool business cards? You know, everybody but me did. Everybody (laughs) else, and I just forgot to ask him. Everybody else has got these cool lockpick business cards that he has, and they're all sitting on everybody's desk, and I just forgot to get one. So next time I see him, um, I'll hit him up for one. I do believe
1: if you go to KevinMitnick.com or his security site, you can basically get the address to send him a dollar and a self-addressed stamped envelope, and he'll send you one. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's not as cool as getting it in person, but uh, still, no. you can you can always lie about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, you know, Joe Kerrigan, my co-host on Hacking Humans, brought, he had some old, old issues of 2600 magazine that had Free Kevin on the cover, <laughs> and he brought them <laughs> and got uh, Kevin to autograph them for him. Oh, that's so that cool. Was, that's that cool. kind of fun. Yeah. yeah,
1: the documentary that 2600 did on Kevin was pretty, pretty good. I have to recommend that. My girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, previous girlfriend, <laughs> is is actually <laughs> in it at the end, which is very funny. Oh, neat. But uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. If nobody's seen that documentary, it's, it's around – I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. It's not Free Kevin or anything like that, but – It's out there. You can find it uh, somewhere in Sweden, or I think you can buy it at 2600. They'll send it to you on a Betamax or something because those guys aren't big on new technology. (laughs) Right, right, right. Well, speaking Mm. of new technology, San Francisco has banned facial
0: recognition technology. This is good news because I think everybody has the right to privacy while they're pooping on the street. (laughs) <laughs> exactly
2: that's right, <laughs> yeah, oh man, the truth hurts, doesn't it
0: yeah.
1: here's uh, the, here's the, Here's the kicker though, nobody in San Francisco in law enforcement is actually using facial recognition technology, so nothing has changed right now,
2: yeah, yeah, I guess it's sort of a shot across the bow or or trying to take a leadership position with other municipalities. What do you guys make of this? You, um, good idea
0: yeah i I think so i I think that facial recognition technology from every study we've seen is not ready for prime time yet and mm. should not be rolled out. I mean it's been an increasing concern i think from that we've talked about in this segment that Jason and I have been talking about on this podcast for a long time is that we we're rushing to put out betas and we're putting betas in place all the time now instead of waiting for finished products and I think this we're we're not there yet with this stuff. It's too many false positives. It's going to cause too many problems. It's too expensive. Um, there are use cases for it when it works that I think makes sense, but I don't think that a city needs it. Uh, not not blanketed anyways. There are certain areas. Maybe you use it for courtrooms and maybe you use it for here and there. I, I don't like the direction that we're going. Uh, we've. We see it in China already. It's not cool.
1: Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. covered on the show last week that it's worse than a coin flip right now, like 96 yeah. and 98% false positives. That's... that's <laughs> significant. Well pick everybody and <laughs> say, you're a, criminal, yeah. you're a criminal, you're a
2: criminal, you're a criminal. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about this, uh, and I think, like a lot of these things, I guess I'm a lot more comfortable with it if you have to get a warrant first. So, in other words, you know, if I'm a police organization and i want to use facial recognition technology i have to go in front of a judge and convince them that this is this is the person i'm looking for and here's why and when i go through through all of this footage it's only going to be looking for a match on this person nobody else and this isn't a fishing expedition
1: right right right. yeah that that's good because you don't want them to have cameras at the bart station all the time just running everybody's picture but right. if you know that somebody that you're looking for is going to be taking BART, you can actually, you know, at least profile them and figure out where they're going and things like that. But stick it to that person, like mm-hmm. train, train the AI only on that person and unleash it on them. And that way you only get five or six hundred matches instead of just. <laughs> right. <you know.
2: laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the then... real problem, right? Like it, it's the technology just isn't there yet. And everybody's rushing to put it out there. So I'm fine with this ban. I think. I think we need to wait on this stuff. It's not there yet.
2: Yeah one one of the folks I think had a good point. He said uh, one of the locals to San Francisco. Uh, it might have been one of the city council people said something like, you know, why why a ban? Why not have a moratorium? If It's not ready. We all agree it's not ready yet. Why not just put it on hold? Uh, I guess that's more a political situation
0: than anything else. And does it doesn't really make a difference because a ban can be overturned. It's the same. It's yeah. just it's True. just terminology, right? Yeah. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, related to that story, uh, there was a story that came out of the UK where they do a lot of facial recognition stuff. The yes. I mean, UK has a ton of cameras all over Everywhere. the place. Mm-hmm. And they have these vans that they park on the street that have cameras. And basically everyone who walks by gets scanned. And this is one of the ways that they gather up bad guys. Mm-hmm. And there was a gentleman who was walking down the street and somebody else was coming towards him and said, Hey, buddy, there's a... You know, around the corner there, there's a facial recognition van. So this guy pulled his cap down low and pulled his shirt up over the bottom half of his face. And the police saw what he was doing and they grabbed him and they said, you can't do that. And he got fined 90 pounds for refusing to show his face to the cameras. I have a problem with this. Really? <laughs> this, that's
0: police. That's police state. I mean, it's a straight up police state. That's then, V for right? Vendetta action right there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just that I want to walk down the street in my furry costume and not have anybody hassle me about it. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I mean, this so this is a fundamental issue, right? Should you be allowed to walk down the street and disguise yourself? Uh yeah. I don't see why not.
1: I mean, I tell you what. In winter in Chicago, I'm wearing a balaclava and a big hat with fuzzy ears. You can't see my, can't see anything in my face. So mm-hmm. what's the difference with that? So mm-hmm. if I got to go outside and yep. freeze my ass off just because you need to take a picture of somebody, uh, kiss my ass.
0: I mean, you know, Halloween must be a cash cow. Yeah, really? Right, <laughs> right exactly. Right. But it's <laughs> They're interesting just fighting too, everybody 90 pounds.
2: I mean, in this case, it's interesting, too, because it's sort of it seems like the police took the tact of... um what do you have to hide? The fact that he was hiding himself made him mm-hmm. more interesting, and that's why they came after him. You know, uh, which and and you know, there's people who say, "Well, come on and look around in my house. I have nothing to hide. What do we need a you know search and seizure amendment for?" That's but,
0: just slippery slope, right? Exactly. Exactly.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah we've covered that. Exactly. That's it. Never let a cop in your house ever. Yeah.
0: yeah 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 uh, yeah. i'm with I, I i don't like this I'm. i would be really d- disturbed if i happen to be living there right now
1: well mm-hmm. I, I bet the uh the aftermarket for guy fox masks are probably going to go start going back up then <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, i miss yeah. those uh, i miss those disturbing times <laughs> so it turns out whatsapp has been in the news lately mm-hmm. uh dave have you guys covered this the the whatsapp scandal
2: uh we have we have um i think it's been more of a uh, as you like to say, a tempest in a teapot. I don't, you know, what they're. Well, let me restate that. Um, it's drawn a lot of attention because of, uh, it's involved the NSO group, um, and they are always a source for intrigue. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, the group out of Israel who are known for these exploits on ios and android and um this is the stuff that when you're a nation state and you want to buy something to put on someone's phone um nso group is allegedly who you go to although they insist that they do not sell these tools to anyone who they don't vet properly ahead of time but who knows right yeah (laughs) it's a marketing division that they're going to sell
1: to whoever they can They'll just mm-hmm. rename it when, they, when they're selling it to North Korea. That's all. <laughs> yeah, right. We get Pegasus. They get, they get flying horse thing, <laughs>
2: you know. Yeah. Yeah. So there's been – I don't know that there's a whole lot of clarity that really – what's really going on with this. But um, what they're talking about is that if you have WhatsApp, someone can call you using your WhatsApp account and you don't even have to answer the call. And they can basically get into your device and, that's and do what they want to do. That is crazy. And I don't. I. I I'm scratching my head here. I mean, can, can you guys think through a way that that would be possible?
0: No, no. <laughs> that's. I, I, can't I really either. can't. I can't imagine how that works. But right, I guess that's why does. NSO is yeah.
1: in that business and we're not. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right. Well
1: that right. and ethics. Oh, yes, ethics. Mm-hmm. No, forgot about <laughs> that. <laughs> ethics schmethics.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And the other point here is a good one, which is that people hear end to end encryption and they get a little overconfident. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back in my uh video days, people would often ask me, you know, how can I protect this how can I protect this corporate video from someone else seeing it? And my answer was if it can be seen, it can be copied. Yep. Yep. Same
0: answer I used to give to the music industry when they'd say, how do we make sure these streams don't get duplicated? I'm like, well, you can't. If you can play
1: it,
2: you can steal it.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So, um,
2: yes, it's encrypted along the way and that'll keep someone in the middle from being able to access it. But at some point it has to be turned into photons to go into your eyeballs and... Ain't no protecting against that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, once the call, if if it's end to end encrypted, I'm calling you. The call starts to go through. You're decrypting on the other end. And then somehow you get a payload through with just actually calling. And then maybe it's because it goes to voicemail, like WhatsApp voicemail. And then at that point, it triggers a way to attach a payload. I'm not sure how this works, but I'm I'm racking my brain trying to figure it out. But it's, you know, it's impressive stuff that they can do this. Mm -hmm. But it is scary stuff.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Really and in a similar vein, I read a really interesting article um, called if Bitcoin is so safe. Why does it keep getting hacked? Now we know there's social engineering involved, et cetera, et cetera. If you've got a key and somebody takes the key, that's it. You're screwed. Um, right. And that's that. But what I found interesting about this is just the amount of money that's been stolen so far. I had no clue. Because we just had $40 million worth of Bitcoin stolen from Binance, one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world. But according to the Wall Street Journal, more than $1.7 billion in crypto has been stolen over the years, which is mm-hmm. insane to me. And yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, we're anti-crypto here anyways, as we've always <laughs> talked about. But that is that is a lot of money. Well, I mean, wasn't Mt. Gox <laughs> mm-hmm. in the hundreds of millions
1: of dollars? You know, it adds up pretty quick. Yeah. Pretty soon you're talking real money.
2: Yeah, a, a couple things uh caught my eye here. One was that um Binance had insurance against their losses, which I thought was yes, interesting.
0: I thought that so was interesting.
2: That's good for the users of that service. The other thing is is anything they're describing here a function that is not the way that these currency exchanges were designed to work?
0: No, this is all uh this is they're not bugs, they're features. It, that's right. exactly the point. It worked exactly the way it's supposed to. And right. again, it's just like you were saying with end-to-end cur- <laughs> end end encryption, um, we place too much thought on this and too much. We think these things are more secure than they are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I spoke yeah. with a researcher recently. Uh, I'm not sure if it's run on our Research Saturday show or not. If it hasn't, it's coming up. But it was someone who was looking into... Uh, cryptocurrency weaknesses and looking at the technology behind the passwords. Mm -hmm. And these passwords are supposed to be over 70 characters long and they're alphanumeric. So they're mathematically, the mathematical complexity is such that you should never be able to guess a password. But what they discovered was that there actually are a lot of guessable passwords. Um, (laughs) There are a lot of accounts out there that are using really easy passwords like zero 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 one right two <laughs> and what they think is that those accounts are being used for testing. Um, there are some accounts that seem to have been spun up because people have accidentally sent a null value somewhere when they didn't mean to so sloppy programming has spun up an account with a very easy password and what happens is there are people out there who are watching these easy accounts and as soon as something is transferred into them they <laughs> yank it out right and they've gotten thousands of dollars by just sitting on top of these accounts that people either use for testing or they accidentally stumble upon and as soon as something comes in they yank it out in milliseconds yeah it's fascinating amazing again not nothing that it, everything's working the way it should mm-hmm. but it's just you've set a password that basically isn't a password right okay uh sorry it's mine <laughs> oh is it okay yeah, I was it's like, mine. where did you did i lose no, jason again mine. no it's mine it's mine it's
0: mine all right sorry um
2: what's that noise?
0: Oh. Uh, that's a horrible cricket sound that's that's uh. a really crappy <sighs> wow so this is how it's going to be now, huh? Yes. <laughs> Jason, has, Jason has a new toy.
2: Until he gets until Jason gets bored with his new toy. We're Just, on a, don't worry.
0: We got, we got two weeks of this and then we're yeah, free.
2: We're on a morning zoo show until Jason gets bored with his new toy. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Time to spin the stacks of wax and the platters that matter. Um <laughs> This next one I included here just because I thought it was funny. And <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> hackers have compromised a script used by Best of the Web to display their trust seal on customers' websites. So <laughs> when you go to Best of the Web and they do a scan of your site and they basically certify that your site is safe, then they give you a little piece of code to put on your site that automatically displays the little seal of approval that says, this site is safe. Right. Well, guess what happened to that <laughs> script? <laughs> oh, that yep. is funny. Yep. Somebody got into their uh, their system. I guess they were using Amazon's content delivery system, and they compromised it. And they, I believe they put a key logger in there. <laughs> so uh, the, the irony of this did not escape me, and uh, I just think it's funny that that's what they went
0: after. It's nice to end with a chuckle. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
2: Do we have a uh, laughter, Jason?
1: <laughs>
2: there you go. There it is. Very nice. Very nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> ah, see? Even oh, better. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it's not going to get any better than that for me. So uh oh, there you go. All right, gentlemen. All right. And all if right. Think about the if, it, if this is as annoying to us as it is. Imagine the thousands of listeners out there that you're annoying, Jason. I know that's probably like the best thing in the world for you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh okay. dear lord!
1: All right, I'm going to all do right, all gentlemen.
2: of my segments with you
1: guys now. I'm just this is like audio emoji for me. I'm just going to sit here in the
0: back. I'm going to go do. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to do a couple of fake shows with Jason to get this out of the system. <laughs>
2: that's good i love it i love it right right why aren't they publishing it's funny I don't know. oh technical difficulties yeah it happens all right gentlemen i will see you next time have a good week all right talk to you soon Ups and doodads
0: as we were just speaking about uh how we have surrounded our lives with uh questionable devices <laughs> even though we know better Some new news coming out of the Alexa camp. Alexa guard is now ready to turn your echo into a home security device. So starting today, Americans can use their echo speakers as home security. Well, I guess starting a couple days ago, sorry, as home security devices, you simply tell Alexa I'm leaving and your devices will alert you through phone notifications. If they hear glass breaking a CO2 alarm or smoke alarm. And obviously these are starting to tie into some of the other devices, which will be nice. Um, I have my like Dyson, uh, Air purifiers. So at some point, I'm, I'm assuming they'll integrate, maybe someday, and uh, we'll be able to do that. So I've tested this out. It didn't do anything, which I assume means it worked since nothing happened. Well, what you can do is just <laughs> while I was out. press the <laughs> test button on your smoke
1: alarm and see if it actually sends right. you a notification. I have not tied my phone number to my Alexa because I refuse to do that because I know they're going to snarf my entire phone book without my permission, probably and then randomly sometime it's going to call somebody that I don't want to call with a when the you know the wake word gets triggered by accident and i i just can't do that i i like the idea of this but mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where i really don't want to do that? <laughs> I mean, I, I've got all these. Well, I, I mean, I
0: mean, I've obviously already done that because I have an Echo Show and I call people, so they've snarfed all my contacts, anyways. Mm. But I did as I went through the setup; it had a separate area to put in your phone number, um so it didn't seem to connect directly to the contacts that I had already put in. Hmm. So it may not necessarily snarf your contacts because it, you have to directly go through a process of connecting it, and then you put in a phone number, and then it sends you. You know, two-factor auth- authentication codes to put in to confirm it and all that. So you may be safe there. It may not necessarily require it. But you know what? We don't know because there's no manuals to tell you these That's things. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but I, yeah, that, I, maybe I'll give it a shot because I've got all these Echo dots that
1: are just sitting in a drawer. So mm-hmm. that might be an interesting use case for it because I, I would like to know if something happens when I'm gone because I don't have smart smoke alarms anymore. I left them in the house in Chicago and i've got the one of those hubs but i don't have any smart smoke alarms i'm not about to go back and buy new ones i did like the thought of having those in the house though so you do get notified but Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know well this seems to be
0: a way around it you can
1: give it a go yeah yeah until i can get and i'm still on the fence with the nest ones too because now that i have a nest thermostat that i got for free from the city of los angeles i was thinking ah maybe i can get the nest smoke alarms but I remember when the Nest smoke alarms came out that there were tons of false positives and times when you couldn't shut them off, things like that. And yeah. <laughs> since I have dogs, if a smoke alarm goes off, the dogs are going to go crazy. And if I'm not home to turn it off, it's going to just drive them, you know, up a wall. So, right. I don't know. I like the idea of this. Maybe I'll just try it in the studio for now. So, if somebody breaks into the studio, I'll
0: get a notification. There yeah. you go. Give it a go. Um yeah, I'm trying it out. So, but I the problem is I don't remember. It's it's the, it's the same problem with all these kind of um voice devices and things like that. There's no button to push or anything like that. So I always forget to say I'm leaving when I walk out the house. Yeah,
1: yeah. I wish I could do that with my because I've got multiple security cameras in the studio too, and they're the Logitech Circle cameras. Unfortunately, the circle mm-hmm. ones, and those don't integrate with Alexa. So right. it, yeah. it's like it'd be nice if I could just say Alexa, I'm leaving for the night and just have all the cameras turn on, have the lights turn off because I was thinking of getting a couple of Hue lights in here actually to give it some ambiance. Then I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm <laughs> turning into the people we make fun of. Shit. I, can't I do know. It.
0: You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was a I was a little uh, tipsy browsing uh, last night because it was it was my actual birthday evening and i polished off a bottle of wine and everybody else had gone to bed and I was on Amazon kind of looking around and I I looked at the I looked at the stupid smart lights. Didn't buy them yet but thinking about it too.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. You just got to get th- cuz it's like I get the lights then I got to get the hub cuz I
0: don't think I know you got to go start getting so much stuff and then I've got to shove a hub somewhere and it's an eyesore and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's like I I've got the hub that I used with my other stuff and
1: I don't think that one integra- I think it's a different system so it's like ah oh, man. And I don't have the the <laughs> echo the it has the hub built in. I bought one of those for my dad. He never uses it. I gave him the smart bulbs with it for like Father's Day last year. And he's just like, right, what am I going to do with a smart bulb? <laughs> I'm like, good point. Good point. You,
0: you can tell it to turn on.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, I, OK, I can turn on one light bulb, but then I still have to walk around the living room and turn the rest of them
0: on myself. So what's the point? <laughs> exactly. More problems than solutions. More problems, more problems than solutions. It always seems to be the case. So, in news, I can't believe this is happening. You remember Quora. You still use it, don't you? I'm on Quora every day, yeah. That's what I thought. Well, a lot of people aren't, but uh, guess what? They're now worth $2 billion. Why? Why? It's a, because it's a bulletin board. It's a bulletin board. Because it's a bulletin board. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. They got a $60 million investment round. Uh, and uh, in the eyes of some Silicon Valley investors and these two podcasters, it <laughs> speaks to the high valuation for virtually everything these days in the tech sector. Yeah. Yes, it doesn't really make any sense. Uh, this week alone, a high-end direct-to-consumer luggage company, a Facebook for your neighborhood social media site, and a meatless hamburger alternative all announced fundraising rounds that valued them at over a billion dollars, making them so-called unicorns, or as I prefer it, making the co- concept of a billion dollars utterly meaningless.
1: Exactly. I think that's really what we've come to. <laughs> oh,
0: god. god. yeah and the real problem again and this is why some investors smart ones have not uh, gotten on board with this is the company has been very slow to monetize its user base which quora says is 300 million unique people a month or as we can confirm basically they can't make any money i mean
1: it's really hard to monetize people asking really (laughs) stupid fucking questions all day long yes it is because that's really all uh, it is
0: somehow they're worth two billion dollars go
1: figure we're in the wrong business brother yeah, we should have built a message board. Yeah, seriously. No, wait, we built many of them. <laughs> That's true. I think I still have source code mm. for most of mine. So maybe we'll just mm-hmm. dust that off. Maybe we can find a <laughs> server that still runs PHP 4 somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I, I I went shopping this week. Okay. <laughs> I got... I got this the, week, this week. Well, I took a couple of weeks off. I haven't gotten anything in a couple of weeks. I got the Satechi aluminum type C mobile pro hub adapter with USB C PD charging 4K HDMI USB 3.0 and 3.5 millimeter headphone jack compatible with 2018 iPad pro space gray. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's a little, basically a little micro hub that you stick into the bottom of the anything that's USB C basically, but I got it for my iPad pro. Mm hmm. Because my iPad Pro is basically the only USB-C device that I own. Right. So I don't have a lot of dongles or things like that. And so it comes with a, a headphone port, which is nice, mm-hmm. which is going to be key because I'm going to tell you about a couple other things I got here. And uh, I can actually use that as a mobile podcasting studio now. All right. Because there's a new app that I got called Backpack Studio that used to be called Boss Jock. And... With this new app, I can plug in an interface using the USB-A port on that little hub mm-hmm. and use Backpack Studio to actually record live remote things. Right. It also comes with a soundboard, which is much nicer than the one in this shitty Roadcaster Pro that I'm talking to you on right now, because <laughs> it has more than eight inputs. It has unlimited inputs, so you can actually make soundboards that work. And it's a nice little piece of software. Backpack Studio is only 10 bucks, so I'm giving it a shot. I got the I got the, you know, the little hub, which is like 70 bucks, which is pricey. But it also at least lets me plug in my headphones and still charge while I'm on the road. But the other nice thing about it that I like is that uh, HDMI adapter. So if I'm like at a hotel, I can Mm -hmm. like, you know, plug my iPad into the TV and mirror the iPad on the TV if I want to watch some movies. Right. Instead of having to sit there in bed and hold the the lot or the iPad up. But it's a, you know, it's a nice little piece of kit. It's really well, um, it's really well milled it's space gray. So it matches, you know, <laughs> so well worth it so far. I'll let you know once uh, I actually get a test set up going for recording. But to be recording with, I got a sound devices, mix pre six, portable, multi-channel, audio recorder, mixer, and USB audio interface. All now, right. This one, this is like the Cadillac. Of portable interfaces, this is what people use, like when they're recording sound for movies. Mm-hmm. It's not cheap; it was nine hundred dollars, no, <laughs> <laughs> but it is a tank. It is made of like aluminum. I can kill a man with it if I have to. You can. It runs off of either USB power or AAA bat- or AA batteries, mm-hmm. which is really nice. The funny thing about it, though, is if I just have this with me. I don't actually need Backpack Studio or the iPad because it <laughs> records straight to it. Yes, it but does. It's it's you know if I if I want to try the other stuff, but it, it the the Backpack Studio will use basically any USB interface, so I can take one of my other things with me, like my, those little Zoom lavaliers, plug that in as a USB interface and record from my lav right to it. But also, same instance, I can record straight to, <laughs> straight to the actual <laughs> Zoom itself. Yes, if I need to. So this, a lot of this stuff is overkill, but we actually use the mix pre three for the Jordan Harbinger show. And it's one of those deals where I like to have the same equipment that they have when they're on the road. Yeah. So if anything ever comes up, I can answer questions about it because <laughs> there are always questions that come up. And I do that with basically all of my podcasting clients. I like to have exactly what they have in their homes because there's inevitably going to be a point where. You know, I'm going to get a call right before show's about to start. Like, this thing isn't working. How do I fix it? And if I don't have the gear, I don't know how to fix it. And this comes back to it's, it's kind of like when we used to, uh, you know, make websites and be on the cutting edge of technology. We always had to have the newest phones and all that crap. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. I, I've scratched that itch that I always because I was always at the forefront of, you know, having the newest phone and all the newest iOS updates and all that crap. And mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of missed that. I, you know, breaking my phone once a year with the new iOS beta. That was, you know, <laughs> that was, that was a hobby for me. And I love it,
0: it. It really was.
1: <laughs> and I'm still running a, like an eight plus. You're on a six.
0: You no, know, I'm we don't have to six. do that.
1: You're, I thought you were on a six
0: plus. I'm on a seven.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, we're not, uh, we're not early adopters anymore, but with audio gear, I can scratch that itch. So this mix pre six is beautiful. And it's sitting here on my desk and I can't wait to play with it because I think this Roadcaster Pro is not long for my office. It is a pain in the ass. (laughs) And uh, I did find a new app this week, which is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. It is called Live ATC and the ATC stands for Air Traffic Control.
0: I love this. I'm so glad that you found this. I've already installed it. I used to love when planes had that channel on their on their audio where you could listen to the air traffic control while you're on the flight and yep. taking off and in the air. And uh, they've all gotten rid of it because I don't know because they're jerks. Liability. So it's awesome to have it back. liability. Yeah, You don't yeah. want to be able to hear that your plane almost got hit.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I talked to a pilot one time when when the plane landed, I waited for the pilot. And I'm like, why did you not turn it on? Because that's like, why I fly your airline, because I feel comfortable (laughs) when I can listen to the ground communications. He's like, yeah, it's it. I mean, it's my decision, ultimately, when the plane starts to go, if I want to turn it on or off. And we've had some episodes where it has caused problems. So for me, it's easier for me just to turn it off and not have to worry about that. It's like, God damn it. That sucks. I know because I
0: love it. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad this app exists now. Of course, you need to have <laughs> you need to have Wi-Fi.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: on the plane if you want to hear it. So yeah,
1: that's that's kind of the downside. But the other downside that I haven't figured out yet. I'm I'm still playing with the app. I just mm-hmm. pick a tower and listen to it. You can't follow your flight.
0: Right. Unless, you know, the towers. Right.
1: Yeah. Fortunately, I have three air traffic controllers in my family, so I'll be able to (laughs) say, hey, I'm flying here. What uh, what waypoints am I going to hit and kind of like pre-program them in and be able to listen all the way across? So that I, that's going to be fun. But I, I think nice. this is the coolest thing. You know, it's like I used to like the scanner apps, like the 911 scanner apps, but you don't get anything anymore on those because everybody's encrypted. So at least with this, this is, you know, I can live vicariously through it. And I found that it's kind of like white noise for me at night. I'll turn on L.A.'s towers and set a sleep timer on my phone and just play, play tower traffic <laughs> while I fall asleep. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. we <laughs> of the week. Brian, you have a child? I do. Uh and you I'm sure have like, you know, state of the art strollers from or probably not anymore since he's he's growing up. But uh
0: we still have uh we still have a kind of like small umbrella stroller because uh, longer walks and things like that. But uh no. Uh we did we we went through many a stroller. Well, if you do
1: have another kid, I might I might I recommend the Smartbee intelligent stroller. It's only $3,000. And oh is that it yeah and you don't have to hold on to it it just goes by itself this is a baby death trap
0: <laughs> i um, <laughs> i watched the video and i'm like you've got to be fucking kidding me like <laughs> if you don't like your child yeah <laughs> and want to spend three thousand dollars to potentially kill them this is the this is the stroller for you i'm watching this thing and it shows the woman <laughs> jogging
1: and I'm like, OK, well, you're going to get one hell of a workout when the thing goes out of control and runs away with your <laughs> child into traffic.
0: Uh, I'm assuming it's it can be app controlled. So maybe mm-hmm. you can just sit on your fat ass uh, and run your kid. around. <laughs> this is the, don't, don't have a kid. If you're this lazy, d-
1: having a kid is not for you. <laughs> i see people out jogging with their kids all the time in a stroller with the big wheels a little tripod or yeah you know tricycle ones Look,
0: they have made fantastic technolo- technological advances uh we don't need it to run by itself the whole this is the point it's a stroller you hold on to it you want to hold on to the thing that your child is in exactly i'm like they, they don't even give you a strap
1: option to like you
0: know just in case Oh yeah, like a like a you know the old uh, what are those ellipticals or things? Yeah, like, like a dead that, man the, switch the, on the elliptical. Like yeah, if it, if your yeah. thing
1: gets pulled out, then the <laughs> stroller stops. No, that would be nice. You'd think no. so, but uh, look, man, it's yeah. it's got a convertible on it. It it moves. It's got a a water bottle heater in the
0: back of it. It's got like AC. It's oh, they put a heater in it right where your child is sitting. That seems safe too. <laughs>
1: Oh, there's so that's many. That's what I want my this. kid sitting on. Yeah. Let's put them on a heating
0: coil and see what goes what could possibly go wrong. What could possibly go wrong? Let's see here. Okay. I'm scrolling down. Meet the team. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven dudes, one chick. There you go. Well, and, uh, I bet that chick has not had a kid yet.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> or she had one that she hated, and that's why she invented the <laughs> invented the smart be intelligence stroller.
0: Wow. Okay. Well. Yep, yeah, that's that's good that's good times. Yeah. Three thousand dollars.
2: <laughs>
1: All right. Oh my god. I gotta say the design is nice though. It, oh, it looks great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That that is a that is a sexy looking stroller. You know, I mean, if this was just a grocery cart, it would be pretty badass. But you know, I don't even know if I'd put my watermelon in it, let alone my child.
0: <laughs> I can uh I can tell you I would not put my child in this thing.
1: yeah. Well, once you're done chasing your baby down the street after it's gone, uh, runaway style, <laughs> you can now hit up the boozeless bars and get clear-headed cocktails if you're not into the booze for the same price. Don't by we the way, have the, for the don't, same
0: price. Don't, don't we have that? Isn't that just Jamba Juice? <laughs> yeah, Starbucks. <laughs> do, we need, do we need this? This is ridiculous. I. This reminds me of. Remember, there was a brief period, maybe. Oh, God, it's a long time ago now, 15 years ago when they had air bars everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like oxygen that? bars where you would go with oxygen bars. Yeah. And it was like a big fad, and they opened up everywhere. And then all of a sudden they were all completely gone. The same thing's going to happen. with.
1: This. Yeah, I think Woody Harrelson opened one of those. And I think then he just discovered pot and said, well, screw the oxygen. I'm just going to go get stoned.
0: <laughs> I like a little bit something in my air. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. this air is too <laughs>
0: clean. <I have> to...
1: <laughs> Oh, my God. Yes. So this is kind of a UK fad right now, but uh, which makes no sense because I've been to the UK and I don't know anybody in the UK that doesn't makes absolutely
0: no sense whatsoever because there was study just came out last week that the biggest alcoholics in the world are England. Yeah. (laughs) The most drinking anywhere is in England. Well, that's the only way that we can explain Brexit because everybody was
1: fucked up and said, let's just try (laughs) this one for fun.
0: (laughs) All right. Well. G- good on you. Go enjoy a really expensive juice. We've talked an awful lot on this program about how we would have built the things that are out there destroying our lives right now. And uh, we're not the only people that are doing this. There's a great article over at The Atlantic uh, that was written by, let me get the guy's name here, Ian Bogost. And he's a bit older than us. And uh, he talks about, <laughs> basically, he built Facebook. Well, Tons of people did. Yeah, we all uh, did. We all had a version of this, which is exactly the point of this entire article. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, he built it and he built a version of Facebook that was private in 2002 after his second child was born. It had been difficult to keep friends and family up to date with the first in the short time, um, you know, being online. He was able to basically build a website because he was working professionally as a web developer that a lot allowed friends, parents, family, grandparents, private system to to put up updates and have comments and all the sort of thing that Facebook basically is. Um, So, you know, a lot of us did this back in the day. Now, his real art uh, point in this article, which I loved, is the fact that he was older when he built this than Zuckerberg Mm -hmm. was. He had different priorities in life, different morals, different ethics. Uh, He privacy was important to him at that in that stage of his life while it was not so for Zuckerberg, because he was in college, because it wasn't about privacy. It's, it's you know, you have a completely different idea of how life should work and what it should be and what your goals and priorities are a- as you move on in life. And his point is like, if somebody older had built this and had won instead of somebody younger, we might be in a completely different world right now.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I really liked his part about uh, image sourcing. Mm -hmm. And because I I did exactly what he did, too, back in the day, you basically you put the image with a source with a nonce after it Mm -hmm. and you can only like load it from authenticated accounts for just like one or two loads. And then it resets and you can't get to the image again. Yeah. You can, of course, save it in the browser if you want to. But it's not like you can send out a link to the image and everybody on the Internet can get it. You have to take that extra step. And I just, you know, nobody does that stuff anymore. And I just thought that was really fun for
0: people did it. Pinterest wouldn't exist. Yeah, no shit really <laughs> my god but
1: yeah no this was a really fun article
0: yeah so i just really liked his point and it was really summarized kind of in the last paragraph where he says privacy means different things at different times zuckerberg's aspiration towards openness was less a vision for a future society than it was a small-minded assumption that all contexts were or should be like his and he says maybe invented in a college dorm room should be a sneer rather than a tribute Ooh, yeah no that's Zuck.
1: <laughs> zingerberg yeah <laughs> i I this guy's name is ringing a bell. I've seen him around before, and I've read his stuff before, but I can't remember why maybe I met him up in San Francisco at some point, but mm-hmm. he's really familiar and he looks like the that Satanist dude from the uh the social or not the social or the um silicon Valley that t v show that I stopped watching a long time ago, oh, yeah, I totally stopped watching that too. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that was a moral imperative. So I found this one over on the next web. This site generates batshit crazy blockchain use cases that are stupidly real, and it's called the Bullshit Crypto Project Name Generator.
0: <laughs> Have you tried this yet? I I did. I, I really, really enjoy
1: it. Revolutionizing social trading for dentists using blockchain technology, the first disruptive blockchain platform for the manufacturing industry. And he just he just you know, it's one of those word salad type of things, but it's funny. <laughs> The fastest AI-powered digital currency. I'm pretty sure that one's real. Yeah, the decentralized AI autonomous system for shitcoin holders. The original (laughs) rare cryptocurrency. Uh, (laughs) Peer-to-peer personal banking service for desperate Lambo owners.
0: Uh, The first
1: decentralized platform disrupting farming in Samoa. (laughs) (laughs) An open cryptocurrency platform for cat owners ready for real-world adoption oh we just awesome. go here all day yeah we could very fun very fun check it out that's it uh yeah the link will be in the show notes gog.show slash three four five
0: yep and uh for all the people that are of approximately the same age as us and remember the 90s quite fondly uh if you happen to be going traveling in england getting your smart non-alcoholic cocktails, cocktails. on and
1: chasing your child <laughs> around the streets for with trying to get it back from the robot
0: Yes, well, Airbnb has got a place for you to stay. Yes, this summer, Airbnb is giving people the chance to fulfill their dream of living like a Spice Girl. The Spice Bus, made famous in the 1997 spice movie bus. Spice World, has been converted into an Airbnb rental, and it's open to guests for only a few nights in June. So get on it, people.
1: Oh, my God. It's only 99 pounds to stay, so. Well, it is just a bus. Yeah, there's only one bed. <laughs> yes. They re they renovated that bus really nicely though I gotta say they the, did the, it looks great I it would does it does look great I I, don't, I I never saw the movie I'm not a Spice Girls fan unlike you so for me it, it's a no go but hey I happen nice just
0: I happened to be living in London at the time that they became super famous so it was hard not to get swept up in it it was fun
1: uh, gotcha. gotcha gotcha. <laughs>
0: Right. And then finally, I just saw this and I had to laugh and it made me think of my dad and gave me some warm fuzzies. German home improvement store ad features a father making his goth daughter feel at home. It's worth the watch.
1: It was. It was a really good <laughs> ad. I gotta say <laughs> it was a it was a feel good ad. It was a feel
0: good ad.
2: Closing shout
1: outs. It's a sad day here on the Internet. Uh, tartar sauce, also known as Tard. The grumpy cat has passed away. So, she, was only, she was only seven years old. It was, uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, complications from a urinary tract infection took her away from us far too soon.
0: Yeah. Our spirit animal.
1: It is definitely our spirit animal. I'm pouring one out for TARD. All right. And uh, I, I do have to go find this now because the cat won $750,000 in damages from a U.S. coffee company for violating the terms of their agreement to use the cat's image on a line of iced coffees called Grumpachino's we talked I, about that yeah i remember we when, talked that about that when that happened when that happened yeah and uh i'm just pissed off that we didn't you know trademark that first because a grumpuccino is what i could
0: really use right about now <laughs> i'm surprised that's never made a show title oh well <laughs> Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. and I'm Jason DeFilippo.
1: Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreoncom GOG. Toss us a buck a month, and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to gog.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. We need sixty bucks, people. We got to go get the, go get some,
0: some margaritas. <laughs> we got to get these our <laughs> Yeah, that's right.
1: Uh, show notes for the episode are at gog.show/slash three four five. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy.